Dog Options podcast with your ever-faithful hosts, Joel McDonald, myself, and my very, very, very good friend, Kyron Morrison. Hey, how you doing, man? Pretty good, pretty good. Lovely. We're here on episode 10, man, episode 10. Episode double 10, di- we're in the double digits. Yeah, double digits. We did it, man. We did it, it was 10 weeks. Like, we're doing it. It's really good. I say that every week that we're doing it, but... <laughs> We actually yeah, please are. don't say that on the internet in a podcast. <laughs> yeah, actually, that's a really don't, good don't point. Don't say we're doing it. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're ten episodes. If you've uh, if you've been with us since the start, thank you for sticking around. It's uh, really kind of you to do so. Um, if you're new to this, welcome. Uh, this is a video games podcast hosted by myself and Kyron, and uh, where we just talk about what we've been playing, some stuff in the news. We take some questions. We have a bit of fun in the meantime. So. If you're into that kind of thing, you are in the right place. So, let's kick it off. Do you want to go first with what you've been playing? Sure. Lovely, so, let's do it. Yeah, so what I've been playing. Well, uh, also, I, I, okay, technically this isn't the first game that I listed out. It's the second one, but it's okay. what I was playing previously. So, right. I'm still plucking away at No Man's Sky. Yes. Uh, look... I love the game. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I love Hello Games. I love Sean. Yep. But holy crap, I got stuck in a galaxy for a whole day because every time I tried to jump, the game would just crash. Yep. So have you overcome that now? I have. I have good. finally That's overcome That's good it. news. So I can finally explore and scan weird, horrible spore monsters again. <laughs> but there was like a day where I couldn't do anything and it was it was driving me a bit insane. Yeah, it was grim. I was... I was uh copping some messages from you about that it did not sound fun at all i was unhappy yeah again i want to like the game but it's exactly. hard to like it when i can't play it yeah exactly if you can't play it then it's you can't like it you can't uh, address uh assess whether or not it's a good game or not if exactly you know but you can't actually play it now it's working again again i'm back in love with it i'm flying around doing all sorts of shit still hate space combat still think it's garbage yep fair enough um but everything else about the game is still really good i am hanging out for that patch that apparently is due sometime this week i it, saw someone post actually i think you'll find it went live tonight i when i logged into the playstation before freaking kidding play some, me I, when i went logged into the playstation before to play some overwatch a No Man's Sky zero point, uh, 1.04 patch went live so god damn it Yes, so that is, I meant to tell you that before. Uh, yeah, so the patch has gone live by the looks of it. Um, yeah, and we can expect a second patch next week, I'm hearing. Yes, I think so. so um, that'll be good, hopefully. Because again, like, I've, I've, cause I've been playing something else as well this week, which I'll get to in a second. I have had the, the opposite situation that I was in. I'm the one now sitting here whilst a housemate plays a game on his screen yep. and just seeing all of his crashes... Um, yeah, I hope. If it sounds like they seem pretty confident that this first patch is going to clear up a lot of that stuff, so I hope it does. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's always going to be those like bugs to iron out because they obviously they knew the game was going to be popular, but I guess they didn't. I guess they weren't super expecting how popular it was going to be. I don't know. Um, like, I don't even know if it's that. It's more. I I feel like because of the like the random nature of the game's universe. Yeah. It's kind of hard to take into account every single possible, you know, situation when there are millions of people playing it. So, yep. you can and again, test, Hello test, Games test, is pretty but... small. So, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, really small. But so, you know, um, for, again, for the size of a team, they did a good job. But I still got so mad when I couldn't go anywhere. Yeah, no, I'm rightly so. Like, I've had a few crashes. I've probably had about probably about ten now, um, all up. 
and uh, but they've always been like just after I've saved, so they haven't been too bad, um, in terms of like losing progress or anything like that. But the one thing I'm struggling with at the moment, I have one more animal to discover on a planet. I'm telling you, man, give it up. <sighs> but I, I, I can't it, give I, it I, up. I, I know I should. I know I should. But I, it's just it's eating away at me. And I know if I leave, give I'm like, oh, it up. I want it. Oh, I want to try and get it. I want to. It's a trophy, isn't it? There is a trophy for oh. yeah for doing like getting all the way up to the tenth milestone in that. But again, just if you're gonna go for that trophy in particular, do it on dead planets. Do it where you only have to scan the plants because that's so much easier, right? Than trying to track down animals when they could be birds, they could be in the water, they could be on planes in a yep. cave. Some only turn up at night, apparently. Yeah, yeah, and There's in certain conditions of... as well during storms and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, uh, that's awesome. But so if you if you but chasing animals in that regard is just it's it's been driving me insane as well. I had a yeah. planet where I had one left and I found it at one point. It was a bird, um, and I got it. I, I shot it down. Yep. I, I scanned it. Then my game crashed. Uh... And I came back and I couldn't find it. So I left the planet yep. and called the planet garbage. Yep. Fair enough. I, I look... flew to another system. I have a feeling it's going to be a flying one because I've got I've only got one flying one so far, and I think I've got I've got a fish and a flying one. I think one or two fish types of fish. Yeah, so... for me, for me, it usually ends up being a flying one or like a bug because bugs again. I I feel like I usually find them in caves, but not yep. always. So I don't know what the rules are. But yeah, give it up. It's going to drive you insane. It's not worth it. Yeah, I think I've, I've literally spent probably I think. The other day, I spent like a good four and a half hours trying to find like, like on that planet, and I spent another maybe two or three today on it. Oh god! Yeah. So, uh, you know, I look. I've been having fun. I've um, I've started using the grenade, the plasma grenades, a lot more now. God, they are so much fun. Are you using the uh, the punch jet jump speed boost? Uh, no, actually. So, how does that work? Because I remember you talking about it the other night, and I actually don't know about that. Well, basically what you do is... it's Again, it's more effective if you're sprinting. Okay. But basically the idea is you hit the melee button. Mm-hmm. And then as you hit that, you trigger your jetpack. Okay. And it'll give you a boost. And if you're running, you get a pretty good boost out of it. Okay. It's pretty handy. I do like it a lot. All right. I'll, I will uh, attempt to give that a go tomorrow when I play that- it before work. Yeah, like it actually made me explore the planets a bit more. Because like I would honestly... I'd land somewhere tag a thing and then it's like well it's quicker if I get in my ship and fly over there yeah that's what I've been doing but now I can afford to like jet boost myself around and it's a lot quicker yeah yeah but uh yeah, yeah it's you know it's got a bit of work to go but I, I, as long as you keep your your expectations in check it's I think you're gonna find a good game in there it's really entertaining yeah like I said like I'm enjoying it Sony obviously has done some interesting things with the marketing that I think may have misled some people but overall I'm still enjoying the game we will get to that later as well we got a question about hype in the video games industry so we'll probably address that again uh, at a later stage in this episode yes but apart from that apart Mm -hmm. from No Man's Sky when I was in my in the the deepest level of my frustration at the infinite (laughs) looping glitch galaxy I was stuck in I downloaded Bound right okay now I really want to hear about this because I haven't I've I've I don't even think I've watched a trailer for it. I've seen bits and pieces of it, um, and it looks interesting. I'm very interested to hear about it. So, 
lay it on me. What's what's the uh, the elevator pitch for it? Oh, the elevator pitch. Jeez, guy, it's an indie game, man. So it's yep. it's definitely weird. Good. Like it's not. You wouldn't find this, you know, on a shelf in an EB Games. Not that okay. I, not that I think. It's sort of a platformer, but mm. the platforming isn't overly difficult. It's more of an emphasis on just moving around the world. So because it's very, it's got dance influences. There's some there's some great animation with the movement. Yep. Um. So you kind of make your way around the area or the environments, mm-hmm. and you can hold R two to initiate like a. Sort of like that's how you initiate dance mode, and you'll kind of you'll kind of twirl ribbons around you and create a shield which will protect you from some of the game's harmful elements. Okay. Um, but when you're doing that, you can like press square button to do like um, cartwheels sometimes, or X will do like a little like ground roll. Okay. You can leap and bound when you're jumping. Um, another, also, there's so much just nice stuff about it. I love the movement in that game. That's it, yeah. That's the one thing I've heard about about these games. The the, the movement, and like you said, it's because it's from a uh, a dance background uh, or influence. Um, that the animations are really really impressive. They're uh, really nice. Cool. It's got some nice music backing it as well, um, mm. and it's sort of telling a story that I don't quite understand yet. Because again, as an indie game, it's telling it in a different sort of way. Yep. But um, I'm interested. I've seen some things that have made me think I may not... I mean, maybe at the end I'll be happy, but I don't know how I'm going to feel on the way to that. Right. Like, I've seen, like, there's basically scenes that, where you'll be plopped into an area in first person, and you've kind of got to walk around the environment, and, like, as you look at it, it'll piece itself together to, to create, like, a diorama, basically. Okay. Which is... It's weird, but it's interesting. And yeah. one of those was, like, a it's set in a garage... With yep. a car with its hood up, and like what looked like a mother and a father, you know, having an argument, and then right. like behind the car were some kids, just sort of not really you know being scared, but you know as kids are when parents fight and don't quite understand it. Yep. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know where the story's going to go, but we'll see. Right in the feels. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so um, those first those first person parts. Do you think that's going to because this game is PlayStation VR? Like ready, essentially, isn't it? Yeah, it it says on the on the actual store page like that it's VR compatible when right. it drops. So I would be I wouldn't be surprised if those first person parts do become VR parts. Yep. Um, I'll be interested to see if the actual gameplay itself will be able to as well because like the game's got a photo mode built in. Uh, yes. Yeah, I heard about that. Yeah, so you can press the touchpad, and it, like all photo modes, it basically you know freezes the image, and you can kind of fly around and like scale, like set up a shot, a really nice shot. I got a really nice shot tonight. Uh, the game can look really pretty at certain yep. points. It's um the the photo mode uh, trend is is a cool thing. I really like that in games, especially these sort of indie games that have a very interesting style. Yeah, um, it's basically look how good my game looks. Yeah, exactly. And like you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna show you how good this game looks. We're gonna let you discover it and share it with everyone. Like, yeah, it's free marketing essentially. Really, it's a, cool, it? it's a cool idea, especially in an age where people you know are all about posting pictures to Instagram and yes. Facebook and Twitter and all that sort of stuff. So it makes sense to take make your game able to export the the actual images from inside it without someone having to like take a picture of the screen with their phone and you get those TV scan lines sometimes yep. that look awful yep 
it's uh, uh it's cool. Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna check it out. I think um, it's interesting. At like, some point. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be this into it for the whole duration, but at the moment, I'm definitely digging its style and its controls, and yeah, just the animations are so good. Yep. Cool. That's about it for me, though. Because uh, again. No Man's Sky and Bound have basically been consuming my life. Yeah, well, No Man's Sky is a good time sink. I mean, like you can't really sit down and play that for like a you know twenty minutes at a time. It's a, it's a, it's an investment. You sit down and well, you can, but it's not as you're not going to get as much out of it as if you sit down with a couple of hours yeah. to spare. You basically have like I would say you, I usually a lot like an hour or like maybe two hours to it. Yep. Yeah. Um, Go to a new planet, wander around, find as much as you can. That's yeah, a good way to be. Or sometimes land on a planet, get out of your ship, and then the little, you know, indicator comes up saying "barren." Yep. <laughs> You're like, "Cool, I'm out." Say up. But yeah, that's me. Uh, what about you, Joel? What have you been playing? What have I been playing? Uh, cool. Well, I've had an interesting week this week. Apart from playing, uh, obviously, No Man's Sky as well. Um, I've been pretty busy over the weekend. I had a fair bit of work to do. Um, at my my normal job. Um, yeah, you had some clowns down there. It was. Yeah, oh, that's right too. Yeah, it's, it's, we had some some uh, some visitors, some jokers from the from uh, from Benigo. Uh, that, was, that was a cool thing. So that we actually hung out on the weekend, which and that sounds strange that you know we sort of talk it up with a we're we're really good friends, which we are. Um, but most recently, like uh, I moved away to Melbourne, and uh, we we don't see each other in the flesh as much. I mean, we talk nearly every day, either on PlayStation or here or via chat and whatnot. Um, but yeah, you got you and your housemate were down for you know to get uh, suited up for some some suits for a friend's wedding, and um, yeah, we hung out and did some stuff. So actually, I wanted, I didn't put that in our notes, but I do want to talk about that. We played a real life video game, didn't we, on Monday? We played a couple. We, we did actually, and I was going to bring it up as well, and I completely forgot when I yeah. started making the notes for the podcast. So did I. I had oh, today. I was thinking, I'm like, yeah, we're going to talk about that because that's a really good thing to talk about. Um, so. Karen and I and a few of our friends, we went and did a couple of escape rooms on Monday. Um, we did uh, one like your normal sort of standard fair escape room. If, you, if you've never been in an escape room before, basically I'll give you the pitch for that because that's my job that I do at work, uh, is we basically, you know, they take away your phones and any electronic devices that you have. Um, you get locked away in a room for an allotted amount of time, usually around about an hour. And you've got to solve puzzles and find clues, generally within some sort of theme, uh, to get yourself out of there. So this is very much like a, we talked a few weeks ago, Karen talked a few weeks ago about a zero time dilemma. It's very kind of like a, a real life version of that, from what I yeah, gather. Yeah, except you don't die. Yeah, no death, um, which is a plus. Uh, Definitely a plus. Yeah, very big tick there. Um, but yeah, we did a, we did like a normal standard fair one, which is sort of you know uh, like you would normally see at an escape room. Uh, but we also did a new one that's just opened up in Melbourne, um, in the city, uh, called what was it called Shutdown. It was Shutdown, yeah. Yeah. So, and it was basically we we fought a, a Glados type AI, didn't we? Yeah, it got pretty intense in that in that room. Yeah, it did. Um, it was it it had a lot of uh, multimedia. I'm not going to say too much about it because I feel like if you are in Melbourne or if you're going to Melbourne and you're you're near uh, Melbourne Central. Uh, head up to strike and go to go do it. It's yeah, go check it out. It's definitely worth looking it's into. It's really cool, um, but it's got a lot of like multimedia stuff and a lot of um, audiovisual things as well that you wouldn't normally see in an escape room. Um, and from and someone just, who who runs and works in escape rooms, um, it was impressive. It was very impressive. Like the amount of detail in the in the in the room was just mm. great. Mm. Just yeah, oh, so good, so good. 
and it's just like a little tiny room um but there was so much in it and yeah like you said it was tense i came out i was shaking i i actually was shaking it was so tense when we got out of it <laughs> i came out i had like the adrenaline pumping towards Look, the, the end fi- the final moments were intimidating that's yeah sure. yeah it was um it was good but uh yeah definitely go check that out if you're interested in that but yeah that was kind of cool that we got to do that and hang out and um we also got to play some we played some jackbox with our friends as well which was cool we are horrible. We are horrible people. That's, that's we what, certainly are. That's what Jackpox always teaches me. That we are just disgusting <laughs> human beings. That's the best thing about those party games. Even like with like Cards Against Humanity and uh, Million Million Dollars Butt and all those sort of like uh, terrible, terrible card games, um, terrible person card games. It just yeah, it reflects about how much uh, of a terrible person you can actually be when you let yourself go. Oh yeah. Mm. Um, but apart from that, and hanging out, which was really good. It was very good to see a good friend. Yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was all right. <laughs> oh God, don't don't stretch yourself too, man. <laughs> um, I've been uh, I've been playing a, a couple of mobile games actually. Oh, mobile. Yes, yes I, of the two of us, I am the, the the mobile gamer. I guess you could say. I I I like playing games on my phone, um, especially if they're very interesting ones and really good ones. Um, I, I'll definitely check them out and give them a go. Um, so if you have any suggestions for something that I might not have heard of, hit us up. And I'll, uh, I'll check it out. But uh, the first one I'm going to talk about is a game called Reigns. R-E-I-G-N-S. Not like Santa's reigns on his sleigh or anything like that. Um, like you're reigning over a kingdom. Uh, which is basically what the game is about. It's, uh, it's an, an indie game by... Uh, who did it by? It was published by Devolver Digital. Um, which, that's a, a good thing, because I love Devolver Digital. Like, the, the, the guys behind, like, published... Uh, Hotline Miami and Party Hard and a whole bunch of other stuff like that. Which, by the way, speaking of mobile, Party Hard is coming to to mobile devices with our all new control scheme, which I'm very excited for. Um, but this game's really really cool. So it, you you play as a a king and a, or a lineage of kings essentially. Like you play as a, quite a few because you will die quite a lot. Um, and it's basically you get given choices that pop up on the screen and you either swipe you know, left or right for yes or no, or to give you different dialogue choices or dialogue options, rather. Um, but yeah, so it's basically like an RPG Tinder. Which is such a great way to describe it. Yeah, because well, it's exactly what it is. I Look, from someone who's never used Tinder in his entire life, mm-hmm. uh, this is just from what I've seen. But yeah, I get the whole like swipe left, swipe right sort of thing. And it, it is, and it's presented the similar way. So you have like a series of cards that are... Sit, uh, appear in the center of the screen. It'll have a character on it, and it'll say, oh, such and such needs help with the, the church. And you go, yes, I want to do that. And it'll increase your church meter because um, you've got four meters at the top of the, the screen. There's one for the church. There's one for, like, your, your people. There's one for the army, and there's one for money. Um, and you've got to manage those, um, not so they fill up all the way, because if they fill up all the way, you die. Uh, and if they drop all the way down, you die. Uh, so you've got to try you and keep with this fifty percent, man. You've got to stay in the middle. Yeah, exactly. So you've got to try and manage everything and balance everything out. Um, and it's really cool. So when you open it up and you start playing, you're like, "All oh, right, I get it." And you die for the first time. You're like, "All right, cool." It's just like you know, see how far I can go, sort of simulator, you know, king simulator. Um, but it sort of starts to open up like an overarching story because when you die, you come back as like one of your lineage or like a new king, essentially doesn't necessarily mean to be a blood relative king, but you come back as a new king to reign over this land. And you go through again. You'll get a lot of the same choices and things like that, which 
I'm, I don't know if something's wrong with my game or if I'm not doing something right, but I'm getting a lot of like going around in circles at the moment. Um, and you go through, each time you swipe a decision, that's a year. So you go through a certain amount of years um, until you either die of old age or you die of some other horrible uh, you know, means. Um, it's really cool. It's really interesting and it's super addictive. Like, like I said, I started playing, I bought it. It's like four dollars fifty, I think, on on the App Store at the moment. I think it's relatively the same on uh, on the Google Play Store and the Android Store, and it's also on Steam as well. And it's like, uh, I'll guess I'll give it a go. I'd heard it was really good on a couple of blogs that I read. Said it was their game of the week, and I'm like, it was featured on the App Store. I'm like, all right, cool, I'll give it a go. It was four dollars fifty. Loaded it up. I started playing. It. Like I said, I was like, oh, okay. But then I couldn't stop playing it. Uh, so any. Like, before I go to bed, I'd sit and play for, like, an hour, just in bed, just, yep, yep, no, yep, no, yep, yep, oh, I'm dead, cool, let's start again, keep going. Um, and I think I'm up to my, I think, like, I'm up to, like, year 1605 or something. Um, I mean, like, the 1600s. I think you start at, like, year 600. You're getting there? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm making it, making an impact. But uh, it's really cool, like, you know, you, you know, and uh, certain things will happen that will, like, you uh, either make uh, those meters at the top like you know increase consistently every second or decrease consistently every second so like you've got to try and like manage them as well it sort of puts the pressure on with making decisions and things like that um it's really really cool it's got it's, and the music's by disaster piece man um, i love disaster piece yeah i know you do and that's why i thought i'd bring it up because um, there's not a lot of it in it and obviously it's because it's a mobile game i don't usually play with the sound on but i thought i'll play with it a, a bit on um, just to see what it's like because I saw it in the credits when it started up on the splash screen and um, yeah like it, I was like oh, okay this is kind of cool so I thought I'd bring that up for you because I thought you'd find that interesting but it's uh, definitely worth a look uh, go and check it out it's called Reigns as I said R-E-I-G-N-S um, yeah it's really cool uh, the other mobile game I've been playing at which is one that we talked about last week very briefly uh, Telltale had released uh, or retweeted a Video, a, a commercial for a messaging app by eCorp, which is, if you watched Mr. Robot, the fictional company that is prevalent in that show. Um, lo and behold, they said it was going to, you know, eCorp Messenger is coming out on, you know, August 17th, and I completely forgot about it uh, until I saw it pop up that there was a new game out called uh, Mr. Robot 1.51 Exfiltration. Um, just rolls the, off the tongue. Just rolls know, off the tongue. I know, but it uh, it keeps in theme with the show because every episode is named like a like a file extension or something like that as well. Um, the cool thing about it is, depending on what you buy it on uh, on Android or uh, the App Store, it has a different um, file extension at the end. So I think it's I can't remember the one for the the App Store is, but on the like the Android Store, it's .apk, which is like you know an Android uh, program file. Yeah, um, that's cool. So, yeah, it's cool. It's really, really interesting. Um, and the game's great. It's by... It's made by... It's because Telltale retweeted a whole bunch of stuff about it. Um, it's published by them. So they originally started out as publishers, and they were, that's what they wanted to do, is sort of these interesting kind of games um, and, like, publish them until they, you know, hit the, the mother load with The Walking Dead. And... Uh, so yeah, they've gone back to that now, uh, and the game is actually made by Night School Studio, which again, Kyron, this concerns you. Uh, they are the creators of Oxenfree. 
Oxenfree is a very good game, and more yeah. people should play it. Yes, I definitely want to. Actually, you know what? That's on sale at the moment, isn't it? For one more week, it is. Yes. Well, I might have to pick that up actually, um, because I've I've been playing uh, Mr. Robot one point, Mr. Robot game, um, and it's really really good. So it plays out. Uh, if you've played the game, uh, there's a, a mobile game called Lifeline. There's also The Martian had a tying game, which is very similar. And there's another one called One Button Trouble. Um, and they're all sort of a, basically choose your own adventure stories that play out in a certain setting or a certain uh, format. Uh, and they're perfect for mobile devices because it's just tapping responses and reading things. Um, and as I said before, it's, it's, uh, it's, it all takes place within a uh, the eCorp messaging system. So it's basically like a Facebook messaging system. Uh, it's it set up like that. It looks like that. You have like your contacts list. You have your messages. You have uh, attachments and things like that that you can look at, like photos that people have sent you. Um, and the setup is that you find a phone on the ground one day, you pick it up, and uh, someone contacts you saying, "Hey, you've got my phone. What the fuck are you doing?" Basically, and you, as you find out, you go through. You find out that it belongs to. I'm not going to say who, but it belongs to one of the characters in the show, uh, and it's a burner phone. Uh, and so they, you know, enlist you to help them out uh, with a problem that they have. And as you go on, you start to interact with some other characters from the show. Uh, and they, like, cause you put in your name at the start as well when you, you have to sign, like, the, a licensing agreement, which is really, really cool. Um, so it's made very, like, official looking. And, uh, yeah, so they address you by name when they talk to you. So I, it, it sounds really wanky, but it made me feel part of the universe. Uh, it actually works really well in terms of the universe that it's trying to be set in. Uh, and yeah, I really like it. My only beef with it, though, if I had to say one problem with it that I have, um, these type of games that like Lifeline and uh, and One Button Travel, you only get a bit of information every so often. So you'll get a message from someone, you'll have an interaction with them, you'll select some choices and go through. And then after that, they'll go, all right, cool, I'll contact you soon. And then you've basically got to put the app away and wait for them to contact you. And that could be any time. Like, you, you don't know when it's going to come through. There's no specific time frame of, hey, you're going to get a message in another five minutes. There's no countdown time or anything. You just have to sit and wait. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it makes it, again, as you were saying, you really you, you thought it made it felt, helped you feel like part of the world, and that's yeah. just part of it, really. Yeah, it is. And, it, like, it's good, but, like, it's it's also... Not frustrating. It's only frustrating because I, I want to keep going. I want to know more about the story. Um, but yeah, it's really great. If you're a fan of Mr. Robot, check it out. It's really, really cool. Um, if you're a fan s- of interactive oh, narratives, check it out. I was going to say, um, that's a bit burning question, though. Like, if you haven't watched Mr. Robot, is it worth checking out or will you kind of just be lost in it? Uh, no, it doesn't rely too much on... Apart from like, it, it's, it's sort of like, you know, okay, if you've seen the show, you know who E-Corp are. You know who these characters that you're interacting with are. Um, you kind of know, like, you, there's like a couple of like a the person, like the person whose phone it was gets uh, had subscribed to like news updates, so they get like news updates every now and then, and it's stuff that happened because the game's set within season one, basically in the time frame of season one. So you get bits of information from the news that you go, ah, I know what that is. That's this that happened in the show but it's not essential to the storyline um if you just like like a, an interactive narrative like that 
it's really, really good, and you don't need any background. If anything, it might make you want to go check out the show even more, which you should because it's really good. Um, even though I'm about three episodes behind at the moment of the new season because I've been playing No Man's Sky. Uh, but yeah, it's really great. It's out in the App Store. It's out on, uh, I think it's out on the, uh, the Android Google Play Store as well, as far as I know. Yeah, yeah, it is. I just, I just did a quick search then. Ah, awesome, cool. Um, so yeah, it's out on both of those. It launched this week. It'll run you about a, the same as Reigns. It'll cost you about $4.50 um, Australian. But it's really good. Um, yeah, like I said, if you're a fan of the show, it's you've probably already got it. Um, I know when I saw it, it was launched, I basically threw money at my phone and it appeared. Um, but yeah, it, it, if you're not, if you like the sort of like, you know, a different interactive uh, narrative told through a sort of an interesting setting, um, check it out as well. Uh, it's perfect for like, you know, pick up and play every now and then. Uh, so you pick it up and go, oh, cool, I've got a message. I'll get back to that in a second. You know, I'm still playing this round of Overwatch. I'll, once that's over, I'll, I'll continue the storyline. But yeah, uh, and the last thing I've been playing is uh, I just played it tonight. I played a game called The Ledge, which is a 10-minute interactive narrative by a company called Beaufort. Uh, it's literally only 10 minutes long. It's free. You can give the developers a little bit of money. I chucked them a couple of dollars because I'm making it my thing now that any time I get a chance to play some sort of indie game like that and they give the option to you know contribute some money, uh, I'm all for that. I'm going to chuck them a little bit of coin to help them out. Um, so I gave them like $2.00. It's, like I said, 10 minutes long, and it actually blew me away. I was like, holy shit, it finished. And I was like, okay, yep, that was, okay, that happened, yep. Um, I'm not going to go into too much more about it, apart from saying, if you again, if you like a really cool interactive narrative story, but you don't have much time, much like Mr. Robot's uh, game, go and find The Ledge. Just look up The Ledge, Beaufort, which is B-A-U-F-O-R-T, um, and you should be able to find it there. It's, yeah, really, really cool. I don't want to ruin anything else about it. So that's about it for me this week. Uh, let's keep this thing rolling, shall we? Yeah, what so, we Joel. Next? Oh. You ready? Okay, let's do it. You don't seem ready. No, because you know what's funny? This is also going to relate back to another question that we have later on as well. Um, yes. Cool. Awesome. Do you want to? Do you want to do that? I can't even read it. You do it. You have to. Okay. Do it. All right, man. I, it seems to. It seems to pain you. So. <sighs> so, this week, or more accurately, about a day ago, Konami announced Metal Gear Survive. Emphasis which... on the V. Don't forget that. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck. Okay. So Metal Gear Survive. Right. It is a four-player stealth survival action co-op game i guess is what they're describing it as yeah like it sounds like a lot of things but the most important thing is they're going for that co-op angle because that's where the money's at Mm. um it's set after the after the events of ground zeros and the classic yeah it sees some of the survivors of the events in that game which obviously if you haven't played it too bad i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell you what happens like the (laughs) base gets blown up the end that's how that's how Grand Zeroes ends, basically. Yep. So it seems the survivors of that get sucked through some sort of wormhole, which is immediately where I started raising my oh, eyebrow. Oh god! But then I remembered that this is a series where an arm took control of someone. So fuck right. it, you know. Yes. Anything could happen. Um, but yeah, so and it sees once you go through the wormhole, you'll find yourself fighting biological threats that look like zombies. Oh, red flag with, number two. 
with new and alternative weapons. I assume <sighs> they, when I say alternative, I mean like alternative versions of Metal Gear Solid Five weapons. Fuck. Uh, hey, on the bright side, it won't be a full price game. Cool. But this was an announcement that I had to let sink in. I watched the trailer and kind of just sat there. See, look, okay, what happened was, I was at work when you messaged me. I, I got a message from Kyron while I was at work, and I went on my break and I checked it. I was like, all right, cool, kind of sent me a message. And you just had the, the NeoGeth forum uh, thread that had all the information about it, and then just, we are talking about this tomorrow. And I was like, oh, and I, I saw it and I read through it. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to judge it. I'm not going to judge it yet until I watch the trailer. So I got home from work. I got my dinner. I sat down on the couch. I was like, right, here we go. Loaded it up. Didn't help. Didn't help at all. Do you know what I got? Do you know what my first impression was when I first finished watching that trailer was? What was that? Umbrella Corp. Yeah, look, that's not far off. It did. I can see where that would come from. Umbrella. Wait, do you mean Operation Raccoon City? Uh, Well, both, really. But I I was thinking more Operation Raccoon City, which was the four player. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Raccoon City game. Which we played at EB Expo, and it yep. was not good. No, no, it wasn't. Um, Neither was Umbrella Core, but... Umbrella Core, yeah, is not good either. Hey, it's on sale, you go buy it, man. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, cool so yeah, I, I'm definitely getting the same sort of vibes. I, uh, my other problem that I have with it is, uh, like you said, they, the whole thing is set up to Grand Zeroes, and they, they, the survivors get sucked through a wormhole. That is, and like, into an alternate universe, uh, alternate destination. That is is fucking lazy storytelling. I would expect that. Like, I was okay with that. Like, I'd be okay with that with things like, you know, like a Far Cry spin-off, like Blood Dragon or something like that, with, like, alternate universe or whatever. But from a series that has such a pedigree for storytelling, such convoluted storytelling as well, and intricate storytelling, um, this is lazy. This is super damn lazy. Okay, and, and that's fair, but here's the thing. This this game isn't claiming to be Metal Gear Solid Six. No, 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 I'm not expecting it to be. So narrative doesn't really matter here, really. But that, when when you think of Metal Gear Solid, apart from awesome, like, stealth gameplay, what do you think of? Of course, if you get yeah. story. You but I played of... Phantom Pain. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll get to that soon I played well. Phantom Pain, man. Like, And if you want to talk about messy narratives that I really don't think delivered... Phantom Pain like is like a gold medal in Metal Gear Solid for that, for that regard. Absolutely, which, you know... I know it's not going to happen, which is why it should. But this is why the series should be left alone. Like it's okay. Here comes my. I get to be the jerk now. <laughs> Konami doesn't care, man. Nope, they don't. Konami Pachinko. looks at this and they were like, "Shit, yeah, we can sell a co-op Metal Gear Solid game." Because here's the thing: a lot of people who gave a shit about Kojima, mm-hmm. you know, and Metal Gear and all that. Yep. They they are not a market that Konami can really go for. That's but I, I talked to so many people back when Phantom Pain came out who had never heard of Metal Gear, had never played Metal Gear, yeah. and the very first Metal Gear experience was this new one where mm. Hideo Kojima's name wasn't plastered everywhere, so they probably still don't know, yep. and they probably still don't care, and they're probably going to buy this four-player co-op game because it's a four-player co-op game. Yeah, exactly. And it's got the gameplay from Metal Gear Solid Five, which is the only... The gameplay in that game relatively, is so good. Yeah, it's the only relatively redeeming quality of that game. Look, I don't blame them for doing this. I'm not happy about it, but I don't blame them for doing it. Uh, but like I said, I think it's, it's it looks... Ugh. It's it's a cash grab. Yep, it is, 100%. Especially, like, especially announcing it now, which, like, you know, less than a year since Metal Gear Solid Five. It's coming out next year, though, so it's still got some time. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. But, I mean, again, and again, even if this had been like chapter three for Phantom Pain or Metal Gear Solid Six, the very first Metal Gear thing you announce after the last Hideo Kojima one is gonna be looked upon very harshly. Oh, yeah, exactly. So but, who who knows? Maybe Konami were just like, you know what? Fuck it, let's burn this first one. That's we'll get true. this one out of the way, and we'll go to the next one later. But I mean, look, this is also the company that was like, hey, look at these cool like screens and animations from uh. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater running in the new Fox engine. Everyone's like, whoa, I'm listening. Yeah, t- yeah tell me about it, man. Like, I, I, had to do, I had to deal with that shit with the Silent Hill 2 stuff. Yeah, exactly. Pachinko, man. Pachinko. That's what they want. That's what they make their money. And again, like, all we've got to do is look at the fact that they use Pachinko to make most of their money. And again, look at this and go, oh, well, it's, that makes sense. That's the company they are. Yeah. I mean, look, like I said, it, it, you can't blame them, but it still doesn't suck as someone who likes those franchises or or that franchise in particular if we're talking about you know metal gear it's rough but um, we all saw it like the very yeah. again the next metal gear game was never going to be yep anything close to a you know kojima one well the last one wasn't very good and it was a kojima one but you know That's there's true. another big argument in there as well in, in all honesty more than anything i was surprised that this got announced like i was like when i saw the announcement i was like wait is this like is this like a, an expansion for five or something? That's I was what so I thought confused. too at first. Yeah, but you know it's going to be a standalone thing. Hey, hey, Joel, Metal Gear Survive still stands as MGS. Oh, Joel, are you okay? No, it's it's technically MGS V as well because yeah. if you, the logo is like you know the V is much more bigger and, and prominent in it. Oh fuck me! V man. has come too, man. V has come oh. too. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm okay. I'm gonna put that on the back burner. We'll talk about Metal Gear Solid Five later on as well, because oh it's got to do with one of our questions. Um, awesome. All right. That was sort of fun in a horrible way. Oh I, God, I had to torture you a little bit. It felt kind of good. Oh, oh boy, that was not fun. Uh, what have we got next? Okay, so also we had some interesting talk from Microsoft. Ah, yes. Who had a bit of an interview with Engadget, by the looks of it, mm-hmm. where they sort of talked about where the Scorpio is going to position itself okay. in the games market. And it it sounds like they're heading down the path we all sort of saw coming after this year's E3 when they were talking up the, the PC Xbox crossplay. It sounds like they're heading towards uh, like a generationless console era where they want to just like iterate consoles i guess instead of relaunching a whole new platform and right suddenly everything that you didn't have like on the platform before that didn't work anymore from what the interview had is that's what i'm getting from it yeah so to use their words they are not going to have console exclusive games for project scorpio which is important to really get out there yeah absolutely and they also don't think of high fidelity vr as console gaming and so with the VR experiences, those will be the new things that you will get on Project Scorpio. So they're not, they don't seem like they're really considering the VR to be the next, or it's like a console gaming thing. Like it's not like a next-gen game. It's just a new right. it's, uh, experience. It, oh yeah. <sighs> it, but it makes sense though, because when you think of VR, you think of like high-end gaming PCs that you yeah. need to run, like a Vive or a, a, um, an Oculus Rift. Well, not to be that guy. Also, when I hear VR, I don't think of 
the next Uncharted or something like that, or the new Tomb no, Raider. No, I don't think we, of VR like that yet. We're not, we're not there yet. No, we're still, we're still quite a ways out from ex- experiences yeah, like that. Experiences. Um, <laughs> it just, it rolls off the tongue so nicely. It's the oh, best way to describe it's a it. Disgusting word. <laughs> Look, this is interesting. Like, it seems to me that the way that they're wording that, it seems to me they're going the, the route of the smartphone iteration. It just it, it sort of makes sense the way that consoles have yeah. been heading. It's it's yeah. tough to really sell a new platform every four or five years. Yeah, look, I I, I think um, and then to also have all the games that you had for that platform potentially not work anymore is also tough. Well, that's it. Yeah, you, the backwards compatibility thing is re- a real issue, and Microsoft seem to be winning that at the moment and doing the right thing with their backwards compatibility with Xbox Tell One. You, they're doing so good that like mm. when I got my Xbox One and I hooked it up. I was like, cool, I guess I'll download like my Xbox 360 games that I had you know, tagged, which was basically Minecraft and Perfect Dark. Yep. The game was like, the console was like, hey, do you want to download your copy of Dark Souls for Xbox 360? And I was like, what do you mean? I didn't buy this on, Dark, on Xbox 360. <laughs> and then the Xbox One was like, oh no, you played it on PC. Here's, a, here's an Xbox 360 version to play. I'm just like, shit, yeah, free Dark Souls. See, it's like the start of the, the, uh, the Play Anywhere thing that they were doing. They're talking about it's, doing it's, as well. Honestly, like, it's good. Yeah, it's cool. I really like it, and I, I wish it... Again, they've worked hard to do it, obviously. This isn't yeah. something that they flick a switch on and go, cool, now you can play this game. Like yeah. They have to put effort into it. So good on them. Yeah, absolutely. I, look, the thing about the, the, the con- this console-less, this generation-less console that they, 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 they seem to be trying to head towards, um, I heard an interesting idea. I was watching the Kind of Funny Games cast uh, a couple of days ago. Um, Colin Moriarty mentioned he thinks that what these companies should be doing is making a like a console like a bare bones console that you can add components to essentially so it's like they they just instead of releasing a new console they release a new bit for the console i know we've done this before with things like you know sega cd and all that kind of man i had yeah. the fucking expansion pack for my nintendo 64 well exactly like that as well but i mean in this day and age when the consoles are competing head to head now with pcs that seems to be not a bad idea. It's a cheaper price point as well. You just buy a box and then go, cool. Do you want to play, you know, something that looks make it look a little bit better or run it, you know, if you want something, you've got like 7.1 surround sound in your house, do you want to put this little thing in it? It'll make that compatible with that. Okay, I, I, that's, it, I do have a bone to pick with that. Mm. So, I mean, if you do that, if you go down that route, like what's to stop you from just getting a PC? Like the that's console, true. the thing that's so good about consoles, that I've, at least I've always thought is so good about them, is you go in, you buy a console, you take the console home, you hook it up, and you're good. You're good for like four years, four yeah. or five years. A, ge- a generationless like console path isn't necessarily bad because no. if I can still play, do games on my PS4 or my whatever, I'm happy still. Right. But and I and I won't be as mad when it gets to like three or four years down the road when they're like like much like with phones how eventually OSs start su- stop supporting games yeah yeah like it sucks but it happens but I don't know how I'd feel about having to like build it like at that point I might as well just get a PC yeah I guess if you made it like modular so it's like you just took off the side and go slot a little thing on the side and um it was like but where does where does the old part go or do you, do you just um, keep it I, I don't know. Maybe it's I, look. I haven't thought that far ahead about it, but like it's an interesting thought. I guess it's it, it's it's almost like that uh, with the NX that there was like a pattern that came out it was a few months ago now, quite a few months ago now, 
about it having like you know the idea of if you wanted to have more processing power for your NX, you buy like a second NX, or you this is the the pattern that they had. You buy a second version of that console and put it next to it and like clip it on, and that sort of doubles it. Oh, we're getting awfully close back to making horrible Sega monstrosities now. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. Making like, a tower. Yeah, exactly. That's the only problem that we have to sort of deal with. But I think in this day and age, the technology can be such so much smaller now that with, uh, something like a modular console wouldn't be out of out of the question, I guess. Um, but I mean, it's interesting to see where where Microsoft are going with this Scorpio thing. Well, because that's the thing. Like at this point, these console manufacturers have to find a new way to to keep this what is like because you could nearly see it like the jump between generations is getting smaller and smaller mm. like yep. games look good don't get me wrong but it wasn't like the jump from say 64 to GameCube yep like or even Super Nintendo to 64 yeah exactly yeah. Like from 2D to 3D like there's, yeah. the, the jumps aren't really that big we're getting better looking games or like bigger worlds with less loads and all that sort of stuff but yeah the jumps aren't as big so I guess they're trying to find a way that they can like I don't know like make the most of these smaller tech jumps and justify them yeah times yeah yeah oh well I guess we'll find out more about when Microsoft decides to open their mouth again about I'm interested yeah I mean we'll see if Sony goes a similar route with the Neo when that gets revealed on September 7th yes yes we'll probably do a big coverage episode about that I would say when is the 7th let me have a look at that Uh, it's actually going to be it probably will be the night that we usually record. Yeah, so it's the seventh in in, in the US, so it'll be the eight. Yeah, so <laughs> we might have our information ready to go by that one. We'll we'll do a time zone check and we'll see how, where it's going to land. Yeah, we'll but, um, we'll figure that out. I'm excited though to see what Sony's going to do. And, yeah, and I guess the inevitable eternal question of what the fuck when's Nintendo going to say something? Oh, yeah. I just want to know, man. I just I mean, want to hey- know. I'm buying VNX. Yeah, that's, same. That's happening. I just want to. I want to know something about it. Yeah, exactly. Like, I guess all in due time. All right. What have we got next? Ooh, big one. You can. This is this is sort of like payback for what I did to you with Metal Gear. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll take this one. I was gonna let you have it, but that's a good point. I'll take this one. Yeah. Final Fantasy 15 has been officially de- delayed uh, from September 30th until November 29th. God damn it. Those madmen. Yep. Which, I, look, I, like, I was watching one of the uh, podcasts, I can't remember which one it was, uh, and, and they were talking about it, uh, it might have been the Rooster Teeth podcast, and they were talking about it on there, about how when they announced the release date for 15, it said November, and then like rolled back to September. And it's like You don't well, joke about that, man. Yep. You don't do it. You don't don't joke about it because now it's bitten you in the ass and you've had to delay it to November, <laughs> ironically. Um, oh boy! Look, it's so the game is supposedly complete. Yeah. Uh, so ba- basically, it's done. Yeah, the game's finished, but this is to work on a day one patch. It's uh, not so. It's to include the day uh, one include patch. Include the day one patch. Yeah, yeah on the release. disc because right, apparently, sorry. apparently Square again. I. I this is one of the parts where I actually appreciate it. Mm-hmm. And sure, there's still going to be some sort of day one patch for it because it's unavoidable. Yep. But it sounds like they basically just wanted to be like, hey, look, we know not everyone has really good internet, especially us in Australia. Yes. Uh, so you know what? We'll delay the game. We'll take the this, what, was, what sounds like was a huge day one patch and cram it on the disc and you'll be good to go on launch day. And I kind of like that. And again, as some people mm. have been saying, it's been 10 years. What's two more months? 
that's you know, true. All that sort of stuff. That's true. At least we have like a vague time frame now for the game. But that's it's, I mean it's it's admirable in a way of them to do that. Yeah, it's, well, that's the thing. Like they could have put it out on the day and just been like, Haha, enjoy your two gig day one patch with like where you can play it without it, but it's choppy or f- yep. you know control suck or something like that. It's but not instead, the full experience. Yeah, they're holding it back and they're going to push it out when it's good. A little bit more spit shine is fine with me. Yep. Doesn't mean it doesn't hurt. Yep. Because I'm so excited. I just watched the new episode of the um, anime that they've been doing. Right. Uh, God damn it, I don't want to play this game so bad. Yeah. But Kyron, it's okay. You can go see Kingsglaive in the, ti- in the time being. I don't know what to think about that. Like, <laughs> I love the list of voice actors, don't get me wrong. Yeah. But the animation, I don't know. I'll probably see it. Well, who, am I, who am I kidding? I'll probably see yeah, it. Yeah, you'll see it. You'll see it. Um... But, you know, there's a bit of a plus side in this. Uh, there has if been... If you can call it a plus side. Well, yeah, you know, silver linings, I guess, especially for Atlas. Um, and, uh, yeah, so it, there's been a big rise in Persona 5 pre-orders on Amazon.jp, um, which is cool. I'm okay it with It is that. cool. I don't, I don't want to turn it into, like, the JRPG arms race. No, 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 of course not, because they're both good for different reasons. Like They're both going to be great games. I have more of an allegiance to Persona, because that was the game... Persona 4 yeah. was the game that got me into JRPGs, so that's the one that I, you know... That's the name I go to when I want to hear about something good. I, I understand that the pedigree of Final Fantasy, but... Look, it hasn't I've said it in the past... I like them both for different reasons. Persona yeah. 5 is sticking to its guns, mm-hmm. but, I mean, when it comes down to it, as much as it is sticking to its guns, it's kind of doing the same thing again. Yeah, yeah. You Which, know, again, is wrong. fine. You're not wrong. Like, it's going to do it well. But whereas Final Fantasy 15 is attempting something different and huge, and it's kind of weird and yeah. scary. Yeah. It's, uh, look, I'm, I'm, I went from not being interested in playing that game, 15, uh, to playing uh, episode Disque on your PlayStation and going, this is really fucking cool. Uh, I actually will pick this game up. To them playing, what was the next one? The Platinum Demo. The Platinum Demo, and then going, yeah, okay, I, it's, it is what it is. The problem with the Platinum Demo is, I don't think it should have been called that, because it's literally, it's more, it is... It is basically tech. It's like a tech it's, demo, yeah, for it's sure. Like press this button to see this environmental effect, or like play with this ability. It's like this is what fire magic will look like. It, Drive this truck into this like tower of blocks because that's yeah, what I did. like episode Duske felt like an actual representation of yeah a game really, and and then platinum demo was like yeah here's some here's some tech stuff. This is how this is going to look, and that's going to run, and blah blah blah. Yeah, I look. I'm, I'm probably still going to play it because like you know I I I I do like playing JRPGs now. Um, the thing the thing I liked about Persona so much is that it's it's simple like it's worlds are, are simple to understand um, there's a lot of lore stuff that are, that goes over my head when I'm playing Final Fantasy especially the latter iterations um, well 15 especially like between yeah. Kingsglaive and now this like multi-part anime series there's a lot of yeah. character and world building that's going into it yeah yeah which is great like I know that's uh, that's what a lot of JRPG oh. fans want that's... I'm already attached to those four dudes like yeah great that's awesome like but if, for me I'm sort of like oh that seems overwhelming to me but like I said I'll still play it I should probably check out this anime as well I haven't actually done that I should do that yeah look it's all for free on their YouTube channel so oh cool actually I might watch that tomorrow then 
Yeah, there's about it's four, like the fourth episode came out tonight, and they're basically they're based on characters. Like each character gets an episode so far. Okay, awesome. Well, I liked I liked what I've seen of the characters of the four guys. You know, um, it's a fucking prompto, fucking prompto. <laughs> fuck that guy. Um, yeah, I'm, he's gonna be the one that I that I sit like deep down. I'll probably love, but outwardly I'm gonna hate. Him. <laughs> oh god. Um. But yeah, so that's that's uh you know, news today in uh JRPG land. Um, it sucks, but like you said, what's what's another two months after ten years? Well, look, delay. Okay, delay that makes a game better is fine. Yeah, exactly. A justified delay is fine, and especially when people come out and tell you what it's for. When it's like, yeah, it's, yeah. sorry, it's this. We want to do open this. about it. I mean, I guess we don't know how truthful it was. But well, yeah, but I'm taking him at face value and assuming you know they were being honest and good on them. It's it. it you got to admire them for the fact that they've actually come out and said something at all because not a lot of people would say anything. They would just go, "It's been delayed." You know, well, bug fixes. Sorry. Imagine, imagine being there because I mean, obviously they they wouldn't have decided this last week. It would have been like months ago. Yeah. But imagine sitting there going, so that game we held that really expensive uh, reveal event for where we announced yeah. the release date. Yeah, we're going to have to delay that by two months. How the fuck mm. are we going to do that without, you know, getting ourselves torched? Yep. And the way to do it is to come out and just be honest about it. Well, yeah, like you said, at face value, we're taking them for. But, you know. What I, what I don't like is um, over at Gamescom, they put out like uh, the first 50 minutes of gameplay of the master version because obviously it's done. Yep. No spoilers. No, get away from yeah. me. Go away. Thumbnail images. I don't want to know. Keep it away <laughs> from me. Uh, there's been some cool stuff coming out of Gamescom. I um, I just it's, a bit, it's a bit a bit more low key than I expected. Yeah, because well, Sony and Microsoft haven't really been there. They didn't, didn't Nintendo's have a... there, but they barely have got nothing to show. Cause... Right, exactly, because they're still keeping their <laughs> fucking mouth shut. Um, but the, 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 there's one fun thing that I saw that come out again. I haven't put this in the notes. It's just I just want to touch on it because I saw it the other day. Uh, I think it was, I can't remember, I think it was a, like a German, like, gaming website. Like oh, a, this, I know what you're going to say, and this annoyed me. <laughs> they they paid for a giant banner at the front of Gamescom that just said Half-Life 3. And, but it was like, if you got closer to it, it said, like, Half-Life uh, 1, and, like, in tiny letters, 1 in 3, reviewers reviewed this game as positive or something. Um <sighs> It was or like three out of five. It was, look, it's not entirely tasteful, but I kind of had a chuckle at it. It was funny. I thought it was good. God damn it, trolls! <laughs> Super troll. Like that's like expert level troll. Um, that's actually, money. To, that's that's money to burn trolling. Yep. Yeah. Hey, trolling kind of leads into our next news topic, actually. <laughs> in one way, in one certain way, specific way. Um, it's time for our obligatory Overwatch talk of the week. We should get like a theme song made up, like an insert in. Overwatch. Um, God damn it! it just, the game just keeps coming back up. Hopefully, we get a lull over the next couple of weeks. Well, look, I mean, they've been announced quite a quite a few things this week for it, so I, I I assume we will get a bit of a lull of information. We'll we'll be getting all the stuff that they've been talking about. I would assume in the next few weeks. Um, so, uh, season one of Competitive has just finished up uh, today, actually, as of recording this. Um, my wife was going to play some tonight until I broke the news to her that it had finished today. Um, and Yay! Yeah, I'm actually, I'm actually happy it's over, honestly. 
Yeah, look, I I must admit, I played a few rounds before, and I booted it up, and I was like, oh, it's not competitive. I, I was actually a little sad about it. I was like, no, I like playing competitive, but I'm not very good at it. I think that's probably why I enjoy it so much, because I don't take it as seriously, but it is a little bit more of an extra level of seriousness that I put on top of myself for it. Um, but the developers have come out and talked a lot about the changes they're bringing to Season 2, which is going to be launching in September, I think. Yeah, I think, I think actually like the first week, like September 7th week. maybe even ah, maybe is when it happens. <laughs> mm. So uh, they've got quite a few things, uh, and they're also working on the next big patch, which is going to... Lots of buffs, lots of uh, nerfs and things like that as well, like you would expect from uh, a big Overwatch patch or a big competitive shooter patch or hero shooter patch. Um, but some of the big things they've been talking about with competitive uh, competitive play season two is uh, no sudden death. This was one that stuck out to me. It was interesting. So they're getting rid of sudden the uh, overtime. Sorry, completely. So overtime's going. Basically, if you get to the end of the match and it's supposed to go into overtime, it'll be counted as a draw. It's interesting. Yeah, so, I mean, makes sense, I guess. The the, the overtime is good. It makes it, it makes for those sort of, like, tense endings to matches, but sometimes they can go on for almost as long as the match, um, depending on how well you've done. So, I mean, it's an interesting sort of thing. Man. We'll see how it goes when they add it in. Um, the skill rating stuff is being changed as well. Instead of being on a scale, a point scale of one to one hundred, it's now going to be on a uh, one to five thousand, which is a bit of a jump. You'll also get, um, I think they said you're going to get ten competitive points for a win now instead of yep. one. Yeah. And you'll get three competitive points for a draw, which I know some people might be like, "Yeah, I'll get those golden weapons quicker." No, you won't, because no, you those won't. are also getting multiplied by ten. Yeah, so everything's so going up three thousand. They're points. kicking it up a notch, or nine points. Um, and yeah, the, the the way that your your skill levels will be balanced out, it won't be a number now. It'll be a like a tier as such, isn't it? So it's like yeah, you know, tiers. gold, bronze, a uh, gold, silver, bronze, and it's like platinum and diamond Master, I think yeah, yeah. Sort of ones. there's a whole bunch of different tiers depending on so what your score adds up to is like you will be within that tier range and you'll that's your your skill rating instead of having a number which you don't and mind higher. yeah I like it as well like because mm. again 1 to 100 always it felt small in scope yeah and like, having... I basically would bounce from 47 to maybe 51 and then plummet back to 48 and oh, then back up to 52 and I think then I was 51 I think once and then I dropped back down to 45 and I think I finished on about 47 I think I finished on 48 or 49 yeah. maybe but it like, was rough it's cool like the, the number the number system makes it seem like definite like it's like it's very like you are this level this one's like cool you're a silver level so that means you're between this and this and it's like oh cool that makes me feel better like um and know. bigger numbers make you feel cooler. Yeah, honestly. exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, so, I, I, apart from other things, I've just put down a whole but like a couple of things here. There is a whole big patch notes section up on the Overwatch website. If you are interested in that, go and check it out. There is a lot or, of stuff there. If you're on PC, you can access it via the PTR. Yeah, the PTR you can go right play now. it right now. You lucky jerks. You bastards. If I, I tell you, if. If my laptop or if I had a, a gaming PC at home that could run Overwatch, I would have bought the game twice by now. I 100% would have bought it again. I would have bought it on PC just for the different experience of being able to play with a mouse and keyboard. I mean, it's no doubt better on PC. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, like, 
obviously I'd have the PS4 copy to play with my friends and all you guys, then I could play it on PC if I wanted to, you know. I do have a couple of friends on PC who do play it on PC. I know the guys over at OK Games play on PC. Shout out to those guys. One of a couple this episode. Um, so I'd, you know, probably play with them. My friend Tonky, I'd probably play with him as well. Uh, I would have bought it by now. Again, probably for PC. It's that good. But... Uh, so the other thing that I, I put down here from the patch notes is uh, Watchpoint Gibraltar, one of the maps in the in the game. There's uh, a, a really early on checkpoint in that payload map. Um, it's gone now. Well, it, it was will be weird, gone. It was a weird checkpoint, honestly. Yeah, it was. There was no need for it. It was it was there, and like there was no spawn point nearby near that either. So you still spawned yeah. back at the start. So there was no real need for it. And the next one's literally around the corner. Exactly. Like, it's just up there. and around, and you're at the next point. Like, it's, there's no need for it there. Um, and apart from getting a couple of extra minutes, like, on your on your, your time. But I'm assuming they're going to adjust the timing of that map anyway. Well, I saw a mention about, like, altering time bank stuff, so we'll right. see how that goes out. That's cool as well. Um, this next one. So they announced a whole bunch of new emotes for all the characters in the game most of which are them sitting and laughing and having a good time uh, except for one one in particular which relates to a character that we both play uh, and a particular meme that I love that has been going around on the internet Gremlin Diva now has her very own emote uh, if you don't know about Gremlin Diva uh, go and google it and have a look you'll have a bit of a chuckle Gremlin Diva is basically uh the the spawn of Mercy and Soldier Seventy Six, who is uh, still you know a, a a pro gamer, but she is the living embodiment of the bad image of a of a pro gamer, um, and what people think a pro gamer would look like, which is scoffing mouthfuls of Doritos and chugging Mountain Dew and uh, yeah hunched over and you know grimacing look on her face. Um, and yeah, so she has her own emote now. There's a there's a gremlin, gremlin diva emote coming, and it looks great. She sort it of it looks so good. It looks so good. She's like hunched. Out. My wife, who doesn't know it, didn't know anything about like gremlin diva. She's like, oh, I love the look of it. And I'm like, do you know what it's from? And she's like, no. And I told her. And she's like, oh, that's really cool. Um, but the emote is basically her hunched over in her mech, um, with the uh, the screen up uh, with like a like an information screen up in front of her, playing a game and like shoveling mouthfuls of mountain of um of Doritos into her face um, and very, very intently playing her video game. Hey, she has she has a drink on the other side as well. Oh, yeah, she does. She's in Mountain Dew. It's got the... She's got them both covered. Yep. Like, as if Diva wasn't already my... Like, she's quickly... Like, I love Farah, but Diva's beginning to overtake my love of Farah. She's just such a I really fun like character. And, like, her as a character as well, like, game gameplay aside, and the game aside, her as a character I really like. I cannot wait for her... Um, like her short, the inevitably when she gets one, um, really excited for that. Uh, well, speaking of which, it's like twenty minutes until the new short goes live. I think. Ooh, lovely. Uh, so the other big bit of news that came out for Overwatch is there is a new map coming. Finally, our first new map is coming to Overwatch, and it looks fucking cool. Um, so, forgive me, I'm going to murder this name. Uh, from what I can gather, it's called. Uh, I said it before. Uh, Eichenwald, I think it's called. 
It's 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 spelled E I C H E N W A L D. Eichenwald. Or each Eichen Eichenwald. Eichenwald. Just move on, man. Just move yep. on. Cool. Sorry, I, I sort of got stuck in like an infinite loop of like trying to figure <laughs> out how to say it in a trance. It's yeah, like, I was I like, get uh, this word right. I can speak. I can put letters together yeah, and make words. It was like it was like a trigger word that sort of like set me off. Um, yeah. So it's a new map. It's a it's an assault escort map, and it's set in Germany. Uh, it looks like it's going to have some sort of ties to Reinhardt, by obviously because it's in Germany. But um, and Bastion, uh, and Bastion as well. Yeah, uh, there are Bastion corpses everywhere in it. Yeah, exactly. So, and I feel like that the timing of them announcing that and this new Bastion short coming out this week, I think, is not a coincidence. No, um, I think that we're going to find out something about this map in particular in that short. Um, but yeah, and there's also like the big Reinhardt esque guy sitting with his big hammer at the end of one of the maps as well um yeah and basically you're you're either escorting or defending against a giant battering ram it's so cool it's really cool it's a really cool map there's a trailer out for on, on youtube now on the overwatch uh, channel if you want to check it out uh, it has if you amazing already. music it does the music is sensational in that trailer um and it builds up so i mean the music in overwatch is great as it is but yeah that's it's definitely a highlight uh highlight tune um, and yeah, so that's that's pretty cool. It's something to look forward to. There's no and release date or anything for that as of yet. I don't think. Not yet. They haven't no. said. But again, maybe it'll come with the um, short. Yeah. They might maybe. put something at the end. Who knows? Um, maybe they'll just make it go live straight away. Oh, oh no, I don't think that'll happen. Oh, oh. We can dream. Um, and the last little bit. I know. So I said that was the last little bit. I remember just one more little bit. But um, data miners have a. a you know, been doing their thing and going through the, all the files related to Overwatch. And they found some things that they could suggest that a free trial for the game could be on the way. Um, it's nothing definite. Blizzard hasn't said anything. But they found traces of uh, messages like, um, this cannot be accessed in trial or competitive play not accessible in trial mode. Um, so there's a whole bunch of things like that, uh, like messages and things that they found. They could be just left in there from when you know, before the game came out, um, or they could be planning on ramping up to do a trial mode. I think it's a good idea uh, because the thing is with that game is once you play it, that's it. You you're done. You're, you're in. You can't stop. Yeah, you're it's, in. The... It's it's actually it should come off like a warning or something. Yeah, cause... it should have like you know like uh like gambling. You know how some of like games have like you know a gambling warning on the front of it. Yeah, yeah, that should be this. It's like you're gambling with your time. You will get addicted to this game, and mm-hmm. we will hold. No, we will take no further responsibility. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's. Uh, yeah, I, I think that'd be a good thing. I'd be interested to see uh, to see it do it because there's well, a lot I, of people that I've been saying to you, like you know, oh my god, you should play Overwatch. It's so good, and they're like, oh yeah, but I'm not really into like those kind of shooter games and stuff. I'm like, neither was I, and now I am. I'm planning on buying a fucking BlizzCon ticket, like virtual ticket, to watch the Overwatch like uh, like World Series of Overwatch that's why I'm buying it for um and get some free goodies as well in the in-game goodies for Overwatch probably um yeah so I think being able to get the game into people's hands which is what was so good about the beta as well because that's how we we were all like oh I'm not really sure about it we played the beta and we're like fucking day one let's get it like yeah it was like the very first game I played I'm like well fuck I'm buying this game yeah exactly it was you know and we just played the Battleborn beta like the week before and we were like, oh, cause, and I was still interested in getting Battleborn at that stage because there's single player stuff and whatnot. 
but I still haven't picked up Battleborn because <laughs> I've been playing Overwatch. Um, so yeah, having that, I think, will be a really good thing to get it into more people's hands. Thank you, Blizzard. You're ba- you're practically the Nintendo of PC. Yeah, yeah. The the Nintendo Disney Pixar like it's oh, so good, so good. If you haven't played Overwatch, stop listening to us. We don't like you. No, that's not true. Please come back. Um, They've already Overwatch. gone, Joel. They're gone. I know. Good um, work. They've gone to buy Overwatch, right? Uh, we made it to ten episodes. That's it. We're done. <laughs> Shut her up. Shut it down. Um, cool. Well, that covers everything we've got for news stories this week. So uh, let's get into some questions, shall we? We've got three questions this week, and they're all pretty hefty ones, actually. Pretty meaty ones. So we'll kick it off with the first one. Uh, Do you want to read the first one out? Sure. Lovely. So the first one comes from Sean. Hey, uh, Sean. Yeah, we, we do like Sean. Yeah, we love him. He, he asks us, what are your opinions of Australia's role in the gaming industry? I know there is a lot of keen indie developers around the country, but it seems like we haven't made a big impact when it comes to the rest of the world. Interesting point. Very interesting point. Yeah, um, I had to actually do some reading for this one because I was yeah. just like, "Shit, if I'm gonna if we're answering this question, I've got to got to look into like funding and stuff." And mm-hmm. oh, that was a depressing spiral that involved <laughs> me looking into certain governments we may have already endured and getting understandably angry. Yep, you took but, the blow um, for this one. Yeah, oh God. <laughs> so it is true. Like Australia still hasn't really made a huge splash. In the, I guess, to, in the AAA industry. Yeah, that's probably what we're going to talk about primarily at first. In the indie market, like we've we've done pretty well. There's some good mm. games there. There's some good mobile ones. Mobile games, especially. There's lots of really interesting mobile games. Um, and you know, what, as far as indie games go, fuck it, man. We made Screensheet. Yeah, fuck yeah, we did in Melbourne as well. And yeah, Screensheet's the best, man. And Armello, which is another great game. Armello, yes, if we you... did make Armello. So yeah, you know what? And um, shit, what's that other one that we played at PAX? Uh, uh, Dungeon League? Dungeon League! Yeah! Shit. Dungeon League's great. The guys from Dungeon League are really good dudes. Definitely. Really Dungeon good League dudes. is a very fun game. It is a very fun game. Um, yeah. Oh, and Hacknet as well. I played that. That's by... Hacknet? That's yes, another Australian Lord. developer. That's a really, really <laughs> awesome game. Um, oh, that game is so good. Oh, that was my indie game of the year last year, I think. Some, some so good, good games. Um, but yeah, like, in terms of AAA, we're a little bit falling flat yeah like we've like we have had studios that can have contributed to some good games like we had Bondi who yes. worked with Rockstar on L.A. Noir. yes but then unfortunately is... some stuff happened with Bondi's mm. higher ups and they ended up kind of being sort of douchebags no yes. offence um, and you know we never got to see their, their second game that they were reportedly working on called Whore of the Orient I think Oh, that's right. Wasn't that re- like recently officially confirmed as dead in the water? Yeah, it was. I think it was a even though we kind ago. of all knew Assumed. already, uh, which sucks because it sounded really cool and like the, the concept art for it looked really great too. La Noire was cool. Yeah, until the end. Yeah, until the end. <laughs> it's great. It's and a great it, game. I really enjoyed that game. Until I had to drive around the city in the stupid cars that controlled like crap. Yeah, uh, but that's kind of like that kind of that was fitting. You it's tell me that thing. when I go over a jump and land on the road and all my tires explode off my car. <laughs> That's right. It but, wasn't just me that it happened to, but holy crap. But current, you're getting promoted. <laughs> and, and Rusty? Rusty! Rusty! Oh, oh we have lots no, of in-jokes from that we're, game. And we're, we're dragging out the in-jokes. Yeah, cool. Um, um, yeah, but it, that, that, 
we've had a couple of things. We also had uh, 2K Australia were really great until recently when they shut up oh. shop as well, unfortunately. They See, were... that's the problem. Like, we have, we've had some good studios, but mm. they, they go under. Yeah, that's the thing. We can't... And I guess that comes back to, like you were saying, you were looking up things like funding and stuff. That comes to that back to that. There's yeah, not enough well, funding for that yet because we're so backwards. We're not seen as... Gaming's not seen as a legitimate entertainment source as yet. It's well, still... It, seen as a thing for children really yeah well that's the thing like because a lot of a lot of our bigger studios have come from the publishers and obviously mm. i can't imagine how much it costs for a publisher to invest in a studio all the way over in australia yeah exactly and when you look at our terrible like internet infrastructure mm-hmm. it must make it difficult and yeah we had like we lost our like the uh, the i forget the name of the fund but the, the essentially the australian games fund when um tony abbott's government came in thankfully we are getting it. We're stepping towards it. Like at least I think it was twenty million is Fantastic. being is being dedicated to reinstating the Australian Interactive Media Fund. So that's Fantastic. positive. That's yeah. a positive. It's really good. That's really good to see. And I think the six. I think down that comes down to like the success of like some of these mobile games that are really making a splash around the world. No, that's the thing. Like mm. the Greens also want to obviously invest more all hail scott ludlam who's a cool dude hey he's awesome um, yeah he wants to he wants to push more funding in and uh there's a little establishment in melbourne called the arcade mm-hmm. where you can like you know you co-create games which is yeah. a really cool idea yeah it's really awesome um, yeah and they want to they want to expand that idea to places like sydney and brisbane and that sounds super neat excellent yeah and well and, and you were saying before some of the games that have come out of there have been like pac-man 256 and crossy yeah. road like yeah there's been some good stuff out there's, of that. that they're big games that a lot of people have played around the world and have had a lot of press about so you know we're capable of doing it we just need the the opportunity to do so and the support is the important stuff yeah that's i think that's again, the big thing that's, that's letting us down yeah we're getting there Mm, yeah, there. for sure, for sure. But never think that we haven't contributed, you know, nothing, because we've, we've done some stuff. Yeah, well, like I was saying before, 2K Australia, they were responsible for Borderlands the pre-sequel, which is excellent. It's a really good game. It's a really good game. Um, I really like that game. It was mm, fun. Yeah, and I mean, it was it was filled with Australiana as well. There's Australian accents everywhere. There's all different jokes about australia in there as well and like like really like niche jokes as well there are some pretty niche jokes in there yeah like really like only like if you were australian you'd get this joke but if you were anywhere else in the world you'd be like what the fuck is this um and i love that it was great um it really sort of i was a bit worried about that game when it first came out i was like oh is this gonna this is gonna wear thin i think really quickly and it didn't it in fact it sort of heightened the experience i think i feel it was a really great game um, it's but, also worth mentioning that 2K Australia also did have their hands in Bioshock 1 and 2 as well. Yes. Yeah, I mean, again, one of those games is great. Um, <laughs> the one other one, all, not the, so much. The other one exists. The other one is a game. Um, yeah, but so I think the big, the important thing here is the support. There needs to be a big thing of support. Yeah, definitely. Big push for support on that. Uh, so get out there, tell your local, your local MPs. Tell them this isn't just a thing for kids. Mario is not the only video game in the world. He's he's good. Don't get me wrong. He is one of the best. He's the, you know, you don't mess with the best. He's the one of the originals and the best. It's fine, but there are such other engrossing and much more mature and not just like you know, 
there's some titties or there's like lots you're of guns a, and stuff. You're on a fine line there, Joel. Yeah, but you know what I mean though. Like it's, it, there's a lot more mature uh, experiences out there that can explore really important uh, themes and ideas. Oh, I definitely. I think it's a really good idea. I mean, look, well, Pokemon Go. That that that's based around a kids game, but it's helped people with mental illnesses um, and social illness, like social anxiety and stuff like that, get out and actually make new friends and and meet people and get over those uh those anxieties it's it's cool it's cool it's very awesome what games can do games are cool come on australia get behind it (laughs) awesome so thank you very much for that sean uh moving right along on to our next question which is from our good friends one of our good friends over at okay games mr josh enel uh he writes all right let's talk hype Obviously, fan hype is a big-ticket conversation at the moment, with No Man's Sky delivering on exactly what the developers said, but disappointing the fan-made ideas. What game has earned the most amount of hype from you, and did it live up to that? Do we blame marketing or some perfect picture of the game that we paint for ourselves? Personally, I think I don't think I've ever been as hyped for a game as I am for Persona 5, but for the sake of the question, it was definitely The Witness. Jonathan Blow's personality aside, the guy is an incredible developer, and I'm happy to report that it was everything I wanted and more. This is a great question, by the way. Thank you, Josh. I was very excited when I read this. Um, so, like we were saying before, I'm going to launch into this one. <sighs> okay. Uh... I was, uh, as you might have heard in our like reflection series, uh, reflections episode on our childhood and where we've come from and whatnot. Uh, I was a bit of a late comer to the Melgi Solid series, but when I was in it, I was in it. I really liked the game, like the series. I love the characters; it's great. Um, obviously, I was very excited for Melgi Solid Five, and after playing Ground Zeroes, which was a great setup, like that was a great setup to Five um, for what it was. Uh, then eventually, Five came out. And in the month leading up to it, I was super hyped, pumped. Like, you know, it was looking like it was going to be, you know. Um, at one point, they were promoting it, saying, you know, this is the untold chapter of the Metal Gear Solid saga. And it was, it felt like it was going to be. We're going to find out all this information that's going to link, like, Metal Gear Solid 3 and Peace Walker and all that sort of stuff with the original Metal Gear Solid. Um, and it just didn't. It came out, and, like, the gameplay is really good. The gameplay is great. Don't get me wrong. Love the gameplay. It's just, it. it's not Metal Gear. There's nothing Metal Gear about that game. Like, every- Oh, I mean, there, there is. It's uh, just yeah, okay. the important stuff it misses. The, the important on. stuff, right. Yeah, okay, that's fair enough. But it's just... Mm. So I think that was probably the biggest, one of the biggest ones in, from recent memory where I'd set myself up for disappointment. I think I've been cautiously optimistic about games ever since. Um, I used to have a very sunny disposition when it came to video games and going, no, I think it's going to be good still. Like, you know, it's still, you know, still going to be okay. And even when it wasn't okay, I'd still be like, yeah, okay. But that one just it tipped me over the edge. I was, this is, I got through the end of it and I put the controller down and I was like, cool. Like, all right, that's, I finished that game. There was nothing there. There was no, there was no moment like when I finished Metal Gear Solid 3. There was nothing like that. So what you're saying, Joel, is it was almost like someone made made a game for you, but it wasn't the game. It wasn't the game you wanted. It wasn't the real game, like some sort of phantom pain that mm. Kojima literally gave you. Yeah, look, I get that. I do get that, and that's 
that's cool. And circu- uh, like you know, considering the circumstances, I I appreciate if that's what he's intended. Um, uh, I'm not saying were. that's what it was. It's just no, but like it, you know, that's that's how it feels. Yeah, it does. It does. But if that was what his intended choices were, that's kind of cool. Still, got a lot of questions. <laughs> like you know, the only reason I can't accept that is what he wanted is just because of the chapter three stuff. The fact that there's only yeah. two chapters in the game. Yep. There's a, that leaked like mission fifty one and has a whole bunch of other stuff in and it. And the fact that fucking most of chapter two was playing the fucking missions he'd already played. Yeah, I couldn't stand that that was awful that was the point where I was like are you fucking serious like I, that was the point where I was like I'm just gonna alright cool get a new story on I'm just gonna plow through it and I just plowed through it to the end and it just have was you, so bitter have you played the quiet mission where you gotta save quiet no it, actually like, I haven't gone back and done it's, that it's literally everything the game can throw at you it's pretty like it's really hard and it can be very frustrating yep. but man is it cool yep yeah I heard that was really good but I mean still like Putting, like, Here's the thing. fucking challenge missions in, like, as part of the story. Like, that's the th- oh, story, inverted commas. Where the game... F- I feel like... This is a this is a weird instance. This is all gonna, also going to tie into marketing. Mm-hmm. Man, the marketing for that game was weird. They showed was. way too much. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like I said, you know, when it was being, like, you know, shown as, like, the missing chapter, that was literally said in a couple of trailers, and then that just suddenly disappeared. From all marketing, was no never mentioned again. Yeah, the trailers that was my main issue, and I, I realized I probably should have gone media blackout. That's why I kind of yeah. start I've started doing that now. Yep. But there was some stuff in that trailer, in the especially in the really early trailers, like where he was um, putting the ashes on his face and all that. That's oh like yeah, end of game shit. Yeah, absolutely. Even like and you know what the that walking scene, through, the corridor, walking through the corridor with like the different like versions of Snake. That was yeah. that's late game as well. Like that's super that, late game. So here's a, for all the things that game does wrong. That last part when you've got to—I'm not sure if this counts as spoilers anymore—but when you've got to go through that infected area, yeah, fuck, that was rough. Yep, like that—that that hit me. That was that was the point where I was like, all right, cool, all right, we're building up for the we're building up for the finale here. This is gonna be. And then the finale happened. And then, and then the, well, what finale? It was like, oh. You know, the finale where it turns out where you, no, I can't know if I can say it. It's, it's I mean, it's been right, a while. Gonna do it, look, okay, wait, full spoilers from now on. If you don't want to, if you don't want Metal Gear Solid Five spoiled for you, uh, tune out for the next couple of minutes because we're just going to go full spoilers on this bitch, okay? Okay, they've gone. Cool. Okay, they've, they've gone. Oh, yep. they're still listening. Oh, <laughs> well, they don't care. Yeah, that's cool. You weren't even Big Boss. Nope, nope, nope. You weren't Big Boss. Big Boss was somewhere else doing something more important, no doubt planning for the events of Metal Gear 1 and 2. That was the part where I was like, okay. Uh, um, the only part of that that I really enjoyed was imagining the look on Skullface's face when he <laughs> finds out that that speech that he'd been rehearsing so long as he took Big Boss up to yep. see the cell anthropist. It's like, wait, that wasn't Big Boss? Yep. Fuck. It's probably... Fuck me. His face probably looked very similar to... Everyone who played that fucking game's face when they got to that point, <laughs> I would say, which is just like a like a shriveled up grimace of a look, going what, what, why? Uh, I don't know. But it was a crazy ending. Hype, yeah. The thing is, just to sort of relate it back to Josh's question, I guess, like it, hype in these days and this day and age is just such a, it's such a rough thing, and like like. And Josh mentioned No Man's Sky, and we mentioned it last week. I think 
the reason why it's had such a rough release is uh, bugs aside and whatnot is that people have built up this you know amazing image of what this was going to be it was going to be the only game they're going to need to play for the rest of their lives and it, it wasn't that and I I partly believe that was Sony's fault like having Sony having a hand in it probably wouldn't have helped and putting them on I mean, this it, pedestal the trailers all you've got to do is go back and watch some of those trailers and you yeah. can see where people might have been getting these ideas from yeah exactly and I, like I I, in my head, I'd like to think that that was Sony's doing. That was Sony's money talking, um, and saying, "Hey, we we want to make it look like this. We want to build a bit of hype for this game. It's going to be okay. It's going to be good for you guys." But you know, that's the thing. Hype is important. Yeah, like, more than ever. Like, because we live in an age where there are so many video games coming out, but we're never going to play them all. No, absolutely. We're not. always going to be behind somewhere. So you need your game to like be the one that everyone's thinking about. But on the uh, on the on the flip side of that as well, we, why do why do people want this be all end all game? Why do they want one game that they, that's the only game they're ever going to play ever again? I couldn't think of anything worse. I'd like I if it's a good game, yeah, great, that's fine. And if it's a really engaging game, if it's got hours of gameplay in it, great, so be it. I'm probably going to play it if I'm interested in it. But there's still going to be other experiences. I'm, I'm it's not going to nothing's ever going to satisfy every single gaming want that I want out of a game in one particular game. People need to realise oh. that and get their, their their hype in check. It's See, again, it's tricky. Like, it is. People it's really can, tricky. People can want what they want. Yeah. I think it, like, there is a lot of responsibility here on Sony just to have, but again, Sony don't care because Sony's, they're wringing their hands going, oh, money. Yep. So it's it's a Absolutely. messy situation. It is. It's 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 a, It sucks, but... I think you just got to be smart about what you buy. Exactly, and smart about how excited you get for stuff. Like, don't don't build up something in your mind unless you, unless you you are a hundred percent sure that that game is going to be exactly what you want it to be. Don't build these lofty expectations in your mind. Like, it's and it is hard not to because when we're shown when we have E three where we all do this big super hype like build up to it we all stay up to all hours of the morning we watch the conferences and we go whoa look at that it's so cool I can't wait to play but yeah basically yeah you, but you've got to you've got to know alright cool let's look at this realistically and see exactly how this is going to work out if you come into it something like that it's the same with anything like movies TV shows books music if you come into that with like a, a realistic expectation if it meets those expectations you're going to go great that's awesome and chances are it probably will if you come into it, uh, but if they exceed those expectations and it turns out to be this amazing, like, be-all, end-all game or, like, you know, this revolution of a game or whatever, then that's awesome. That's an added bonus. So your lesson, Joel, is to go back in time and stop Joel from being excited about Metal Gear Solid Five. Well, look, hey, I tell you what, that probably wouldn't hurt, to be honest. I mean, I probably would have enjoyed that a lot more because like you said there are people who'd never played Metal Gear Solid before and were like this is really good even people yeah. who had played Metal Gear Solid but weren't letting themselves get super hyped for it like were like yeah, it was okay you know uh, it was solid 6 whereas I was like this is fucking shit fuck you everyone Konami go fuck yourself like that was that was me for like a little while after it um 
yeah, I guess, I don't know, what, do you, what, what are your thoughts, Kyron? Well, my game's the exact opposite of yours, because it was a game that I was so excited for. I was convinced it wouldn't live up to the expectations, but holy shit, it it took the expectations, and it just flew it out of the park. Lovely. Because it's fucking Bloodborne. Hey, so I, Bloodborne, yeah. I was so excited for, as well as so scared for, like, mm-hmm. apart from, of course, Persona 5, which is currently, like, it's, I can see it really high up in the distance on this mountain peak going, yep. I'm going to be the best fucking game ever. Josh, Josh, we're there with you. We're right there <laughs> with you, dude. I'm waiting so anxious. Hey, man, getting closer, like, you know, less than a month until my copy ships. I'm so excited. And then I'll just stare at it for, like, a year, like, six months. Um, but, yeah, so Bloodborne has an interesting story where it actually leaked really early as, like, Project Beast. That's right, it did too. And all we had was, like, two GIFs. That's all it took. Mm-hmm. It was like a gif of like a character going through a fog gate, and then like I think there was like a a zombie dog, and I was like, "Yes, done, good. Don't care what this game is. I'm excited." Yep. And then they revealed it, and I was like, "Oh man, I'm getting, I'm getting really excited. Yep. New setting, you know, more aggressive gameplay. Sounds like it'll be harder." And I got my hands on it, and I loved it. Yeah. Going through, it kicked my ass. I kicked its ass. Yep. It felt good. I it's one of those it, there aren't many games that I that live up to the height like that especially in recent memory yeah like, for sure in one way or another I've been like yeah that game was really good but you know there's always a but yeah exactly for Bloodborne there was no buts yeah I um, just loved it we've had a pretty good year this year for like you know games actually living up to hype like oh my god and there's so much more to come still there is like I mean Overwatch we for ages before we got our hands on that beta we were like yeah I guess, I mean, it's going to be, some people are going to love it. Like, it's going to be right up their alley, but are we going to play it all that much? And then we do, we got it, and it's, what, like, two, three months after it launched, and we're still fucking playing it. Like I played, like, 600 games. It's insane. Much. Like, and yeah, same, Blood, Bloodborne, for me, goes back to, like, what I was saying before about having realistic expectations. I would go into that game thinking, I was worried I wasn't going to enjoy it, and I was going to have to, like, return it and go, I'm not good enough to play this game. You, but, get, you have to hand in your gamer card. Yeah, exactly. You know, I was just going to, you know, sit in the, the dunce corner and <laughs> play with my little scrub games. Um, but I got it, and it turned out, A, I was a better gamer than I thought I was, and B, that game blew me the fuck away. Like, so I went into it going, yeah, the setting looks really cool. That's what that's what attracted me to it in the first place. It looks interesting. I'll have a look at it. I'll check it out. You guys were all super hyped for it. I was like, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll check it out. And then it blew my expectations out of the water. So, yeah, it goes both ways. By the way, I just want to point out, it's not just Persona 5 that I'm stupid, dumb, excited, hyped for. Mm-hmm. It's also fucking Zelda, oh. Threat of the Wild. Oh. Those two games, like, I just... Sometimes I just sit there and go, shit, I'm going to play those games soon. Yep. And it's going to be amazing. It's... So, look... Okay, so just going back to what I was saying before about getting having realistic expectations. <laughs> no, no, man, no, it, it's done. It's, it's gone. I'm but, out. <laughs> no, I know, but like, it's so it's so hard not to though. When especially if they're like franchises or or series that you uh, have such an, an attachment to, which obviously with Zelda and Persona you do, and uh, and me as well. I, both my cats are named Link and Zelda. Like that's that's it's my jam. Um. So we have those emotional attachments to those things. And when you have an emotional attachment to something like that, you can't help but let yourself get really excited for it. Especially when you have like a uh, a fucking E3 reveal of stuff 
like he did for Zelda. Holy shit, man. Mm. I still, like, sometimes I just go back to that, the, just listen to the music. And just, oh. Yep. And they, yeah, they didn't even release, it was, it was like a GIF or like a little short trailer recently, Nintendo, of like the yeah. Temple of Time. And just, yep. all it said was, look familiar. And it was like, <sighs> you fucking better believe it looks familiar. Sign What's going up. on? Um, but yeah, look, it's, yeah, it's hard not to get really excited, but I think deep down we both know that we're not, we talk, when we talk about these sort of things, this is how we talk about it, but it's not how we feel. We're not like sitting up to all hours of the night, like dreaming about it. We don't have like posters all over our walls and like we're sitting there with like love hearts coming out of our eyes waiting for these, these sort of things. We're obviously whoa, whoa, very. Joel. <laughs> I can't speak for you, Karen, but, um, but yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's, we still do have that realistic expectations. So deep down, we know. Look, there is the potential for this game to not go the way. It, we think it's going to, but we sort of let ourselves. Uh, you know, we give into it a little bit, and that's okay too. You can be excited. Yeah, be excited. Just don't when it when it comes out, and if it doesn't meet your expectations, don't send fucking death threats to people, or don't. Okay, maybe just don't send death threats. Yeah, don't don't send. Don't no yeah rule. in general like that is a general blanket just don't rule. Do it. Just don't do it. It's a it's a jerk move. Don't be a dick. That's probably a good rule for <laughs> don't life. Don't be a dick. Yeah. It's a good general rule for life. Just stick that on a shirt. Yeah, I'm sure someone has. Um, but yeah, that's what I mean. Like you know, don't don't fucking take it out on other people like it's that's that's when it gets dumb and that's when it gets bad press and that's when people focus on that instead of the actual thing that they're being negative about and that's our two cents <laughs> we, don't, we don't even have a two cent coin we, five cents is our lowest and man. that's our two cents Kyron Alright. <laughs> You're the one operating with, you know, non existent currency. Yeah, we just have like a little asterisk down the bottom. It's like two cents, not. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> this brings us to our final question today, which is from another member of the OK Games crew Lauren. Lauren McLean. Uh, awesome, awesome person. We went to an awesome concert last year. We went and saw Motion City Soundtrack with uh, some mutual friends, and it was great. So she is a rad person. Um, the guys over at OK Games, I'll give them a quick plug now. Now I've spoken about both of them. They're yeah, OK Games Australia. Go and check them out. They have their own website, which is uh, okgames.com.au, I'm pretty sure, uh, from memory. And uh, yeah, go and check them out. They're awesome guys. They also have a podcast, which is really, really great, that I listen to. That's like one of my weekly listens. Um, it's on all the usual podcast haunts, so you can track that down. And they're also on YouTube. Um just go and look for OK Games Australia. You'll find them there. They've got some really cool videos up there as well. Um, and that's the plug over. Um, no, but they're really, really great guys. They actually helped us out a bit and uh, and plugged us quite a bit. And they've just been lovely to us. So I thought I'd, we, we could be lovely to them. I think it's the least we can do. I think it is the least we can do. Uh, but yes, Lauren writes to us and says... Where do you want to see your favourite series, singular or plural, go from here? Or do you like the way they are finished? They are all finished up. Uh, example, I would love to see Red Dead head back to when John Marsden uh, was in his gang, uh, realising he didn't want to be a criminal anymore and how he got out of it. Um, that last example is pretty good, actually. I'd like that. 
to be I'd like a new Red Dead. Yeah. Well, hey, that's interesting you say that. I mean, there's a big rumor going around at the moment that at this, uh, the PlayStation meeting, there's going to be, that Rockstar's going to be there. Oh, God. There's everyone, there's been a few, quite a few people talking about that and sort of uh, industry, people in the know in industry have been saying that, yeah, apparently Red Dead 2. I'll believe it when I see it. So Rockstar, Rockstar have sort of studio that just don't care. No. They can put they out a trailer on like, on like, a, at like 2 a.m., Unless mm-hmm. on, on like a Tuesday and still get like ten million hits. Oh god, yeah. People, people know a Rockstar game. Yeah, their franchises so. are so iconic. You can't, you can't help but pay attention. And look, like you said, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it as well. But I mean, it'd be cool. Can't help oh yeah, it'd definitely be cool. Um, well, yeah, Karen, do you want to kick this one off? But you know my answer, Joel. It's Metroid. <laughs> of course, it is Metroid. It's all, if it's ever, it's like, where do you want you to see your favorite series? You stop at favorite series. And you're like, what's Kyan's favorite series? Metroid. I want, I want. I don't know. A new Metroid, I'd like to see follow-up Fusion. Yep. I want to see the, the fallout of like Samus's actions. Because, yeah. I mean, the Galactic Federation of that series has been pretty shifty for a while now. Yeah. With their Metroid research and... Oh no, we're not trying to weaponize them. We're not like the space pirates. Oh no, oh, no, 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 we're no, the good no, no. guys. So I'd love to see that angle sort of get explored more. Yeah, I don't know how you do it because I mean it'd be a bit different to see Samus killing people, I guess. So yeah, that'd be oh maybe we go like a really dark, like more mature tone know. to it. That'd be interesting. I mean, wouldn't it? Met- Metroid's been pretty mature for a while. It well, just hasn't yeah. fully embraced it. But that would be interesting but I mean more than anything I just want to see what what because I I just want to know what's next for Samus because at wherever timeline ends for that series right now this is a really interesting place and it's just the thread's just been put down on the floor and everyone's yep. sort of backed away from it going shit I don't know man well Zelda let's go look, let's go play with that yeah. let's, go, let's go to Zelda let's go to Mario let's go do Donkey Kong yeah well what about, what about yeah. Samus uh, we'll get to that fuck Metroid we'll get to that yeah I obviously am kidding. I don't think Nintendo thinks that about Metroid. No. Nintendo is just, after Other M, they're sort of working out a way to reintroduce it. But hey, like, if they wanted to do a game like that, where it pursues the aftermath of Fusion, I would, I would be, I mean, I'd be there anyway, but I'd definitely be there. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Just Metroid, please. Just give me my Metroid. <laughs> <More> Metroid. <laughs> I'm buying Federation Force the second it comes out. Uh, yeah, I might do. I might do. I'll wait for reviews. Let's see what people think about it. Um, cool. Yeah, that's that's a pretty solid answer. I'm I'm glad that you've deemed it worthy. I yeah. Thank I you. I give it a thumbs up. Give it the you know the gladiator thumbs up. Oh, thank God. Um, yeah. If you had given it a thumbs down, am I out of a podcast? Is that how that works? No, no, no. I'll just make you fight a lion or something like that. Oh Jesus! That's no. how that's how it goes, doesn't it? I don't know. Um, look, I got a couple a couple answers like. For one, to see uh, I, the one that I'm happy the way that it's finished up is Uncharted. Uncharted Four again. Okay, so massive spoiler. If you don't want to know anything about Uncharted Four or that game, tune out for a couple of minutes. All right, just come back in, you know, and we'll be fine. Okay, because I'm going to go spoiler on this. Um, the end of Uncharted Four. Holy shit! Is I, I knew it was going to end on some sort of like really nice wrap-up way, and I hoped that they would do that. But the way that they carried that out was just bang on the fucking nail, and I loved it. 
I loved it. Manly tears were shed as soon as that Naughty Dog logo came up at the end. I was just, I actually applauded my TV. I, I was, I almost gave my TV a standing ovation. That's, I was like, yep, that's what I want. And then the music, and then I was like a bit of a mess for a couple of minutes. Like, so I would be happy if there was no, obviously that's not going to happen, but if there was no more Uncharted games, like, Makes too much money, man. Mm, it does. But, I mean, obviously we're not going to get any more of Drake, and I'm happy that that's the way that that ended. I'm over the moon with the way that that ended. That final adventure was just... Mwah, perfect. Loved it. It was his best. Yep, it was. It was. It was his finest hour, and it was... I'm just thinking about it. It's making me like a little emotional thinking. Oh, God. But, yeah, so I really liked that. Uh, and for a game that I feel like where I want to see go in the future. I'm keen for a new Borderlands series, a new Borderlands game. Borderlands 3, please. Um, well, hey, man, based on how Battleborn's doing, it's probably going to come sooner rather than later. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'd like to just see them build on the formula. Like, each game has gotten progressively bigger and added more stuff and just worked. Um, they have such a good they just set up for Borderlands 3 that gets me so excited yeah exactly like, I'm so it sounds like the next one's gonna be huge oh my god Kyron okay here's here's my pitch that I want for Borderlands I 3 I want all Vault characters playable all Vault heroes playable all Vault heroes well that might be difficult for not do it not fucking do it <laughs> except for dead ones obviously yeah um, but obviously they, they alluded to the fact that there was multiple there's spoilers for Borderlands 2, which is, like, fucking years Fuck old. That. that game's so old, man. Yeah, um, yeah so, the, obviously, they alluded to the fact that there's more vaults, lots more vaults out there in the uh, in the wild. Listen, hear me out. A Borderlands game with, like, interplanetary travel like No Man's Sky. Mm, it doesn't seem like the direction they'll go it's based not, on the ending of the pre-sequel. how would that be... Like jump, even if it was just like a destiny thing, like where you're like you got, you picked planets to go to. There was like four or five planets that you could go to. Oh my god, it was I like mean, the moons of Pandora or something like that. Definitely yes, because I'm like I think at this point we need to leave Pandora. Yeah, I think so too, because it's it's essentially like a shelled out husk of a planet now. <laughs> There's nothing left. There's fucking nothing there. I took all of its guns. Oh yeah, or eighty seven bazillion of them. Yep, they're all gone. Yep. Um. But yeah, I, I'd, I'd really like to see, and I think they are, they're because, I mean, Randy Pitchford has said in interviews that, like, you know, they're, they're not going to do it until they have, like, a clear idea of how they can essentially one-up what they've done previously. Um, and I mean, like, Borderlands, the pre-sequel, had a potential to be, like, a step down a little bit, but it was on par. It was on par was with on Borderlands par. too. Like, it was... and. Again, that ending, like where they've got Athena, yeah, and they're they're, they're hyping they're hyping something big, yeah, like narrative wise for the universe, and I'm so excited. Even Tales from the Borderlands as well, like that ending, yeah, definitely. that's gonna be ending as well that you could sort of go into. Obviously, that's gonna be in a different thing. I think that'll take off in its own. I don't know. I don't know. Like I Tales from the su- Borderlands was allowed to handle Handsome Jack. Yeah, that's true. I would be that's very a- surprised if we didn't see. Um, the characters from Tales from the Borderlands, like the original characters that were in that, from uh, making an appearance in Borderlands 3 in some way, shape, or form. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, Reese, especially, I think. Reese and um, Fiona, definitely, will show up in definitely. some way, shape, or form, which would be great. I'd love that. 
Um, they are good characters. They, yeah. Tales from Borderlands. I love, I love Borderlands in general. I've loved Borderlands from day one. Like, when I first heard about it, our friend Brendan, your house mate Brendan, when he used to work at game, it was like he went away to, like, a games conference and came back, and he's, I was asking him, like, what was cool? What did you see? And he's like, oh, this game called Borderlands. Like, it's, you know, the trailer was, like, you know, 87 bazillion guns, and it was a, and he was saying about, like, how... The, the loot basically works like uh, like Diablo it has like all different types of gun like millions or like thousands of gun attributes that like you just sort of mash together and make all these different randomly generated guns and I'm like sounds pretty cool get behind that and I saw the trailer and I'm like alright this looks really cool and then I'd like bought it and loved it and then when Borderlands 2 came out I realised how much Borderlands 1 wasn't great um, but that's because Borderlands 2 was amazing and, um, well, it's also because Borderlands 1 did like a hard 90 degree turn for an in development to go from being yeah. a realistic Fallout clone to cell shaded stylistic shooter. Yep. The best. Borderlands choice. 2 is like, is like the fruition of that idea, and it's so good. Yeah. It, it's where they were allowed to sort of let themselves go wild with these, this world and yeah, these they characters. Had, they, and stuff. Had, they had the framework and they could build a game in there this time. I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to keep them going with like the, you know, really fleshed out characters because I mean they were in Borderlands 2 they were fleshed out characters Tiny Tina's Assault on Dragon Keep is like one of the best DLC like packs I've ever played and it wraps up it gets real it does it gets super real and that's what I love about it so much and it wraps up the whole Borderlands 2 arc so beautifully as well it's like a nice ending to end everything on and I yeah so I think just keep improving and, and adding more risky stuff to a, a, a to a genre that is lacking in that kind of risk that's my answer to that one. Oh well I think it's probably about time isn't it it's about it's about wrap up time yeah. about time to we've got a little bit longer this time I think a little bit longer this week we had a bit more to we, talk about we had some good questions this week we did have some good questions some really good questions thank you Josh thank you I had Lauren to, I had to read Sean. yeah I know right you did some research dude that was awesome research. I've been fucking researching ages for video games this is episode 10 is where it gets real that's when the writing really picks, picks oh, up double digits off, yeah. man that's what people now will it's... say when they look back on these <laughs> the weight of expectation like uh, when it really kicked off that's when they actually got their shit together and actually wrote really good stuff yeah well guess what we didn't write any of this yeah making it up that's how we roll <laughs> oh my god alright whose turn is it to wrap up this week uh, well I guess it's mine again because you brought us in and I think I'm the outro guy now hey, oh that's okay well no. you're, you're the intro guy I'm the outro guy I don't mind it's up to you man no, I'll, I'll do it so okay. good I insist I insist <laughs> so uh, once again if you've made it this far thank you for listening to Dialogue Options we do appreciate it we do appreciate you listening to us ramble about video games. Mm-hmm. As always, I am Kyron Morrison. You can follow me on Twitter at LemonManX. And I'm uh, the lovely John McDonald is here also. Yes. And what's your Twitter tag? I am at JollyMac. And if you would like to follow us, Dialogue Options, we are on Twitter, which is at Dialogue Options. You can like us on Facebook, at which is also Dialogue Options. Email us at DialogueOptions at gmail.com. And also, if you listen to us on iTunes, don't forget to give us a tuck us a cheeky rating. Yes, we, we appreciate the ratings. We'd love that. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so thanks for listening to us. Uh, we'll allow our theme song, which is "Strike Witches Get Bitches" by Azure Flux, to take us out. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Catch up. <laughs>